a friends, welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we look at movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my old lady sex pot and co-host, Alex Dandino. Best description. That's yet. right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, February is upon us, the month of Amour. So it's time for our new theme. Uh, I would do anything for love, comma, but I won't do that. These are tragically, yeah, parentheses, maybe perhaps better than uh, comma. But yeah, so tragically flawed love stories, right? Indeed. So I would, like, for instance, right? Uh, well, never mind. I'm not going to do that, for instance. I had one, but I'm like, that might be too hot to start the show. Uh, Harold and Maud is the movie of today. This is one of my two selections of the month. Uh, I'm not going to lie. This is. Easily in my top five, if not my second favorite movie of all time. Uh, wildly excited to talk about this movie. I guess in this movie you would say uh, Maud would do anything for love except for live past 80 or 85, <laughs> whatever her age was. That's the what she wouldn't do for love. Right. Uh, yeah, this movie to me is it's just perfectly conceived cinema to me, right? So... It's very touching and very human, but with this really fun layer of absurdity that makes it easier to talk about this stuff and almost makes it a little more profound to me as I'm watching it. Yeah. So I'm really excited to talk about this. Alex, uh, walk me through your initial thoughts on Harold and Maude. Um, This is like the, I don't know, 10th or 11th time I've seen Harold and Maude. Um, <laughs> again, I think this movie is one of those just, it's weird because, again, in line with what we're talking about this month, it should not be timeless. It's literally about a young boy and an old lady getting down. But um, it is at its heart about really... Yeah, and it's not even like stepmom and stepson is the internet. <laughs> no, no, it's not even like cool... It isn't even like cool, weird sex. Like It's not even like The Graduate. Like I would actually well, say... Apparently, there was a scene that they wanted to film of was. the sex that got... Like, and if there was ever a DVD extra that I desperately wanted, oh my that would God. be it. But like, <laughs> you know, there's the movie. There's a movie like The Graduate, which explores this. Explores really more the more baser level notions of what this is. This movie is about love, though, in its purest form. And I think that's the thing I always gravitate towards in this film is how much I love. How much I, I, I I've never had like a death wish, but I do relate to Harold's melancholy to a certain mm. extent. And then. Um, how badly we all chase after the mod of our lives, you know. Mod is really right. kind of like this wonderful personification of the joy of life that we all sort of like. We've had this conversation many times in the last couple of weeks. Like the joy of life we like chase after on a regular basis. <laughs> well, I think that's the big separating factor between something like this and the graduate is yeah. that feels very cynical and predatory at times. Definitely. Even when Dustin Hoffman's character then is like, oh, I'll just go fuck this wedding up. You know what I mean? Uh, Harold and Maude is more just a very truly organic two souls finding each other. Definitely. And and again, they do have sex by the end, but it is, it is more just these two kind of outsiders finding comfort in each other, right? Yeah. And that, at the end of the day, I think that's what any of us, that's the best that we can hope for in this life is you just find someone to just, you know, make it worthwhile, make the trip worthwhile. Yeah. And that's a lot of what the movie does. And yeah, my wife and I were talking about Maude is easily one of my favorite movie characters of all time. Right. Harold has this, he has the quirky, funny, iconic moments in the movie for right, the most part. Right. 
But just that lady like Maud, it's it struck me a lot this time as you're like, fuck, man, like how wouldn't it be great to just have a mod? Oh yeah. Like you were saying, right? Like someone who can just do that for us. But you're struck in the movie by the amount of solitude that she seemingly has in her life, right? Right. Before she meets Harold and she has the old guy who carves her naked body out of ice. You don't get the feeling that there's a lot of other social interactions with Maud, which was really kind of an unusual thing that struck me this time in the movie. Right. And I don't know if that's just a shot at, because it feels like every time we see her out and about, people are lit up and gravitate towards her, right? I but mean, I actually I think would there's say... something that it's hard to live honestly in a way, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing is I would, I would, I would make the argument that people aren't necessarily lit up or gravitate towards well, like I think, at the carnival right you see her like i guess that's like a fun environment Sure, that's but, like a fun environment anyways right. like she's a she's a social person like she's a very social she's the great counterpoint to harold's plight but i think like other than that though every other scene it's not that people gravitate towards her it's that she profoundly affects the universe around her mm-hmm. where people have to gravitate towards her whether it's a i mean it most often is the law I mean, more often than not, police officers, The every scene with a police officer is hysterical. But, like, she speaks to everyone the same way, except for Harold. I think that's, like, the most important thing about the movie itself is that, and, you know, we're both married. We've been together with our spouses for a long time. Like, when you find somebody who kind of gets you and kind of clicks to the same, uh, clicks in and sort of marches to the same drummer that you do, um the way you speak to each other is very different than the way you'd speak to the outside world. And I think that's, what's interesting is like what it starts with is Maude being very, um, very matter of fact about the happiness that she believes she's owed. And I, you know, there are wonderfully subtle hints about the happiness she is owed throughout the movie, which is pretty fascinating. Actually. Um, I love that stuff. And that's the kind of, those are the kind of story beats that get kind of swept under the rug really quickly that I think, if you lock away for later use, make this movie infinitely more profound. Um, and we'll get to yeah, that later. I, but Sure, yeah. I mean, I think that's a big part of Maude is that she, and I think that's what she's doing too, right? Is she sees a, a fellow traveler in Harold, but isn't afraid to tell him, you know, hey man, like fucking get out of your own way. Right. Like knock this off, right? Right. And I think there is something important to that, right? And And she has so many of those great life moments. And then, Later in the movie, we find out, obviously, that she went through maybe the most horrific kind of event you can go through. Oh, no, life, the, right? mo- like, the most horrific event you could go yeah, through. Yeah, I mean, Holocaust, genocides, like, just, like, the total, these scenarios that have happened in history where you totally disregard like, I think that's humanity, the thing, right? too, is, like, there's a lot of movies we've watched and a lot of movies we've seen where it's about the personal struggle of someone and the journey that somebody goes through when something horrible happens, like, the one thing I the one movie I always gravitate towards when it comes to this kind of thing is like a movie like Rabbit Hole. Rabbit Hole is a great example of a movie where, um, like, yes, it's depressing. That's one profoundly terrible thing to happen to a couple is like losing a child in such a horrific manner. But I think what makes Maud so different is um, like that scene when they reveal that she was definitely a Holocaust survivor. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's what makes it so profoundly different is that I as a person cannot fathom the sadness, the depth of sadness, the true grief of not only like having to go through that, but surviving it. That probably yeah. is far more terrifying than anything else. So 
I think it does two things. It provides a reason for her motivation, which is interesting because like, that's honestly the least important thing going on in this movie. Like Maude's motivation for being the way she is, is kind of, kind of superfluous. Like it doesn't really matter. Like the point is she's bringing Harold along for this ride. But then the second notion is it makes her journey and what she decides to do so much more profound and so much more interesting because she's like, essentially what's happened is, is her life, a great chunk of her life was out of her control. Something horrible happened to her. And so her taking such a huge amount of control with the rest of her life is I think what's more beautiful about anything regarding the film itself is that she is in total control of what she's doing at all times. Like that's, what's great. And that's what she teaches Harold is like the control he deserves in life. That's what, that's what I like. Yeah. Well, I think it, when you go through something like that, right. And I think that's what shines through in mod most is why would you ever care again? Right. Why would you ever fight for it? You know, there's a cynicism and a, nihilism that should set in you would imagine right that would be pretty normal oh totally and we don't know how much of that happened right but by the time we meet her she is a collector of the eccentric you know she's met this young boy and she's helping him along right and that's the the thing i love about it too is her relationship with harold is harold's journey doesn't make an enormous amount of sense in this movie right he's essentially just a an insanely wealthy child whose mother is a bit controlling per se, but also Harold is quite a dick to his mother. <laughs> so this is, this is a mutually destructive relationship. Yeah, Harold's very way. shitty to his mother and she is equally as blah, equally blase about his existence. Not just the things he does, but literally the existence he had, the space he takes up on this earth is almost uh, a nuisance to her. Right. But that, so him coming from that place, right. And then we are now, we're sitting there like, oh, this is a kid who doesn't value his life and this and that. But Maude never stops and says, hey, uh, you are not allowed to feel the way you feel, right? right? Because you're a rich guy. Right, totally. Maude just understands, you know, the struggle. And I think that her insane brightness in the face of it, she never judges him. She never asks him to snap out of it. I mean, at best, she asks him to sing and dance and, you know, make music and stuff. Yeah. I think and, and that's what I love about Maud is there's just this, you know, I've taken the best shot and there there is nothing else worth doing, you know, except for these things, right? The line in the movie that so perfectly solidifies it is the um you know, when she talks about her time, you know, on the picket lines and this and that. Yeah. She's like fighting for big ideas. And you kind of see the sadness wash and I think she even says she's like, but that was before. Right. It has that like, you know, tear filled moment. But she says, she's like, you know, I'm still out here fighting for the big ideas just in my small individual way. And that, that is one of the more beautiful sentiments and probably the perfect summary of that character. Yeah, totally. I um, It's just a fascinating, it's just a really, really, really nice movie to explore the, not just the depth of humanity, but like the depth that personal grief can take you, like the level it can take you to. But then at the same time, like the level that the level that someone who's had all like a profoundly worse grief in their life can bring you up like that. Again, Harold really doesn't have like when you really think about it, Harold does not have a lot to complain about. Like even his like sort of uh, moment of profundity where he like kind of has that 
moment where he talks about um, how his mother thought he had died, and he was just so he was basically appalled with her with her reaction, which was very dramatic. And he wouldn't accept that she could possibly actually be grieving his death. Right? Yeah, and I'm, and like, even then, I'm like, wow, that's really kind of dickish. Like the whole thing is yeah. just like kind of weird. But again, and then there's also the the kind of they hint at something had happened with his father. Yeah. They never really, and he's not there. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not clear to me what it yeah. was to be honest with you. But again, it's a level of it's, it adds to the grief and sadness of course, but Harold still, I'm not sure. It's uh it's interesting to watch a character that young learn what I think true grief could be. Or, like, the depth of love, to be honest with you. Like, I think that's, like, the best part about the movie itself is really it's about the pain of love itself. Um, yeah, well, I think the journey of Harold, right? Because this movie, to me, has my favorite opening to any movie ever. Yeah, totally. Which is just as him walking around kind of, like, almost ritualistically, right? Going through the paces. And he hangs himself. And you're like, oh, fuck. That's like a kid. He hung himself. Yeah. And the mom just walks in and she's like, really, Harold? You think this is funny? It just makes dinner plans, right? And then he starts. And so, and again, I've seen this so many times now, but going back to that first time, it just puts you in this, what is happening? Like, why is this? And then she doesn't care. And your your brain is really confused. And it just, it's this perfect taking the piss out of it, right? And I think the movie sets up Harold and his mother immediately to where neither of them feel like they are truly ever feeling an emotion for most of the movie, right? Yeah. And I think Harold's lashing out, right, in his, you know, artistic suicidal expression or whatever is just this kind of childish plaything, right? I don't think Harold has a depth of sadness or is really feeling a lot. I think it's become this kind of death spiral that the two of them are in. Well, I mean, and yeah. and that that breaks the first time is we see him actually talk like a human is later with Maud. Yeah. And I, I think then you see, I mean, he still goes through the suicides, right? Which are some of the best scenes in the movie. But I've it does get figured, to this question of like, where was Harold actually at? I think I've always assumed that the suicides themselves are almost, are basically just one ups. Like he wants, yeah. it's, it's a matter of, it's not a matter of making a statement because he knows his mother clearly doesn't give a shit anymore. I think at that point, what it is, is, seeing how far he can take it, like how far it can go. Like, I mean, the Harakiri scene is like probably one of the best explanations of that is like, this is like, now it's beyond the mother. Now it's like, Oh, I have a date and I have someone who has no idea, no concept of what I'm doing. So what I'm going to do is shock the hell out of her. And you know, again, this is great. Hal Ashby work, which is simply like, Oh, well she's a actor so of course she like takes it to the same level right another level and he does up. that to all of his dates right he lights himself on fire he chops yeah. his arm off in front of the second one uh it is funny though he never shows maude his his great passion no his great passion and I, I was curious it this struck is, me this, this time is the viewing I, I didn't realize he has never shown her any of that yeah well i think because this is the i think harold is obsessed with death in his own home right the pointlessness of it all right like He's in a place where he actually has everything. Right. And he feels nothing. And so I think the idea of death is this big, well, that'll mean something, right? But right. then everything he does is taking the piss out of that. Right. Uh, and I think when he's with Maude, he's now captivated by living. 
And I think that's why those two paths never cross. Interesting. But, yeah, because it is. It struck me this time. I'm like, oh, my God. They're just like the Instagram couple decades before Instagram people. Right. Well, like if, if they were alive today, they would be massively famous on like social media. <laughs> right. Right. Well, the, oh, I'm a kid who likes artistic suicidal, uh, you know, theater pieces. And I drive a hearse because, you know, that's right. on brand and. Maud, you know, singing her songs and walking around being crazy on social media. Right. Well, I feel like the closest <laughs> we ever get to Harold showing Maud what it is that he does is the scene with the uh, uncle where he, he's about to get recruited into the army. Like, right. That's really the furthest he's willing to take it. And that even in that in and of itself is kind of interesting, though, because it's literally the exact opposite of what he would like going to the army is exactly what Harold should want to do because at that time too, <laughs> at that time too, you have to remember like that's around Vietnam, Korea, like those kinds of, uh, those conflicts were happening. So getting drafted was a big deal. So really Harold wanting to commit suicide, getting drafted is the perfect explanation, uh, like perfect exploration of that. So the fact of the matter is he has Maud help get him out of it by like going nuts and making this huge scene, which I think is a big turning point in the movie because literally it's him staring almost certain death in the face and deciding that it's not fun anymore. Like living is far more fun than dying itself. Yeah. Well, especially living with Maud. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. I, Harold is a bit of a mist. I think that's kind of the fun thing in the movie, too, is that Harold doesn't feel like a human. He feels like a movie character. Right. And then by the end is so unlocked and transformed that he actually becomes this perfect kind of idea of being a teenager in general. Right. And that's the other thing. The movie doesn't quite hint how old he is because his mom's like calling in people to marry him who are in college and shit. Yeah. So, I mean, he might be in his is 20s. He's supposed to be 18. I, I think he's supposed to be 18. I was trying to right. figure he, that out this, this time. I was like, he looks like maybe post high school, you know, this and that. But I and I think that's funny because at the start of the movie, he is almost characterless completely. Right. You know, and these lashings out just become almost cartoonish. And then to go from there to the very end. Right. Like watching him in the hospital have this complete traumatic breakdown. Yeah. Is he's about to lose the first and only thing, maybe in his whole life that he's ever actually cared about. I mean, I it's just—it's really one of the more beautiful arcs I've ever seen in a movie. I mean, I'd say one of my favorite moments in the movie is that smash cut to the um, into the ambulance. But right before that, when she finally reveals, she's like, "What a lovely farewell," and she reveals what's going to happen. Him shouting, "What?" is one of those really great moments in the movie where it's like, oh, my God, like, that's the most that's the loudest and most sincere I've heard Harold this entire movie. Yeah. Well, it's the first time he cares about. Right. Anything, exactly. Right. Because every other scene with Harold, right, even the trying to get out of the military, it's mostly like he just wants to hear Maude talk about why anything matters. Right. Right. Or he doesn't really, you know, if he's at home or, you know, pretending to get out of the army or doing one of his uh, suicide plays, he's not he's not there. It's not really a person. It's a character he's putting on. Right. And that is the first moment in perhaps the entire movie we see him really invested. Right. We see on the blanket after he escapes his uncle in military, you know, that I just feel like doing somersaults. She's like, we'll do it, man. Right. And you see him starting to, like, embrace the thought that he could. You know, live a life like Maude. Right. Um, 
<coughs> but, you know, it's it's interesting to watch him unlock. And it's – the 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 suicide from Maude is so fascinating to me this time too because it's just – it's such a – because she tells us it's going to happen essentially the whole movie, right? Like now that you've seen it enough times, like she mentions constantly that this is going to yeah, happen. she says nonstop. But it doesn't register because even as an audience member, you're just like – she has that great line, right, where she's like, uh, a lot of people think they're dead, but they're not. They're just afraid to live. You yeah. know, I think that's the gist of what she was saying. And that's the gist uh, of the movie. Yeah, and it just becomes this thing where we all wish we lived like Maude, right? Like all the things that we bog ourselves down with and are upset about. If you really took a step back, you're like, I could fix all of this. I really could. Right. Most of us could do that. Sure. But we don't. And we like to tell ourselves these myths and lies to, like, excuse our behavior. And, oh, it's hard on me. Oh. And here's this lady who went through something really, really hard that none of us could ever fathom. Right. And she's just like, hey, man, I'm just out here poorly singing songs and dancing and saving trees and shit. Like, she's doing the things that we wish we could do. Right. And so for that character who becomes this reflection of who we wish we were to be like, oh, I did it, man. I'm good. And to give up. This kind of dream life for a lot of us, especially when you're younger, you're like, you did it. You fucking solved it. Why would you quit now? Right. Uh, it puts all of us in that Herald spot. It's it's it is hard to watch this time. And as I'm older now, every time I watch it, I'm older yeah. and older. Right. I've felt it, stru it strikes me that Maude never seems to have a moment where she's like, I shouldn't do this now. Things are going pretty well. Like I mean, it's I her think resoluteness of it is is harder and harder to accept as I get older. Well, I think that's the thing that on this viewing I noted the most. And I'll be honest, like I haven't watched this movie in a few years. Like I watched it a lot in college. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I haven't watched this movie in a few years. And I think that's the thing that struck me the most was realizing that Maude is in control of the entire movie. Like Maude paces this thing by herself. Harold is along for the ride, but I think the profundity and the uh, nuance of like how she gets us to that conclusion and how she gets us to the, how she gets us through everything. Like there's so many like weird hijinks. Like I would say like between going to the P like going to the, um, like going to the, uh, not the circus, but like the festival or whatever it was. And right. the whole, like the, the, cop on the bridge and the tree bit that is one of, right. that's one of my all-time favorite scenes in a movie by the way and um <laughs> possession of a stolen shovel right slams that shit <laughs> i mean it's perfect you know like it's one of those great like madcap uh comedic scenes but you realize is still her like her mission was to bury the tree was to put the tree in the forest mm -hmm. like that's all that mattered that's all that anyone cared about that's all that she cared about. And that's all that she thinks anyone else should care about. So like the more and more I watch this as I get older, the more I realize that I'm still Harold because I desperately cling to this. Like I desperately cling to this morose point of view and I, mm -hmm. how badly I need a mod in my life, which I, you know, I married yeah. someone who's very optimistic and very happy, but like, that's really kind of, that's really the thing that I love the most about the movie is I'm trying to get to being a mod. Like I want to be mod. Right. We all want to be, 
we all want to have that sunny disposition and yeah i'm just not there and so i'm like perpetually harold chasing after mod but even mod right like imagine someone who lives that way uh i need to save this tree and <laughs> i don't need to take a picture of it right. you know and get clout for it or harold gives her this gift and she's actually moved like this is the nicest gift anyone's given me and fucking chucks it in the lake and just, you know, now I'll always know where it is. Right. Uh, to see someone achieve so much life, right? Like, they have their dates constantly amidst, like, ruin and buildings being destroyed, yeah. swamplands. That's, you know, that's like, another places that that's another horrible. awesome scene, the picnic in the, like, scrapyard. Yeah. The hijinks are great, right? Like, they have all that. Maud stealing the cars, you know. She's just a collector of experiences. Right. And... But that's that's the hard part, right? Is we all want to be mod or just be around mod. Totally. But again, I am struck by she is alone. Had she not met Harold that last week of her life, because we only find this movie only takes okay. place over one week. That was my question. Like, Actually, she would have just died alone. That was the question I had for you, because while she sets it up saying I'm going to be 80 in a week, is it her? It's her birthday, right? It's her birthday. Okay, so yeah, it is a week. With the sunflowers. Yeah, that's when she takes the tablets. Yep. Because she just decided that was a good... And maybe that's the... I mean, it was... Yeah, because it's so... You know, it's it's this... And the whole movie plays on this dynamic, right? Like, there's that great scene when they have the first... You know, the weirdest meet cute in the history of movies, which is, do you want some licorice and to, you know, hang out? Yeah. And, you know, have a line about, why do you give dead flowers to dead people at funerals then they take the guy out in a marching band with a cheerleader god I love it's like that. stopping and that's the whole thing right it's just this absurdity right. of what we do and put emphasis on in our lives and then kind of the finality of it you know like at the end what does any of this mean and that's where this movie's always playing and so for someone like maude perhaps she couldn't be that person if she didn't allow herself to have an exit right and that's that's the thing that I struggle with now as I'm older. It's just because it, it seems right. She forces the issue with Harold, right? Right. You know, takes the shot, talks to him, engages him, and they hit it off. What happens in this movie if Harold's just like, hey, man, that was my uncle. Fuck you. <laughs> like they don't. And she just misses it, right? Like, is she able to find another person that needs the lesson of Maude? Because I, mean, I think a lot of people, like, this is the funny, like, I watch this movie now, and I was like, my dad at my age would hate Maude. Would have just been like, man, fuck you. What's your problem? Like, we are a society of rules, and we are bound, right? Because right. my dad is just from that generation. And I think our generation now, like, I think as we get older, or this movie gets older and older, people are going to be more Maude-like. Oh, totally. Right? Like, I think nowadays we we put more emphasis on, you know, feelings. My dad would have hated Maude. Yeah, absolutely. So what does her life look like, and does she still do it if she can't make that last week worthwhile? Does Maude have, is Maude really as happy in her life as she seems that last week? Um, or is this some is this her version of doing like Harold's acting out right his his fantasies with his mom is this mod like is like I've got one last week to you know kind of write a living book right a right. living memoir of her philosophy well, I mean I think you could look at it both ways but I would say that really Harold and Maud function on the same level they just operate from different ends of the of the spectrum like if you look at Harold's obsession with death like harold wants to harold doesn't give a shit about like 
scaring his mother or anybody else with like his escapades. He just wants to do it because that's almost the way he has to interact with the world. This is how he feels something with the world, with the yeah. world. Maud steals cars, says what's on her mind, does all these things. Like they essentially do the exact same thing. It's fi- it's two kindred spirits meeting each other. They're just coming at it from opposite ends of the emotional spectrum, I'd say. Like well, it feels like Harold wants to re- re- have people be repulsed by his behavior. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, I right? think like he's he, constantly he wants them to be album. upset. Right. Whereas I think Maud is just like, if you caught her stealing your car, she'd just be like, is this really something like you're so wound up in, right? Like you're just not going to have your car for a couple days and they'll find it. Like I'm not going to destroy it. Although she does, you know, maybe destroy these cars when she drives that way. Uh, but I think <laughs> Maud's is more of a just, she sees things as nonsensical and in the way of, you know, smelling the roses as it were. Right. Well, So I don't think Maud has... But that's, that's the thing. I would be way more pissed at Maude than Harold. Like, <laughs> Absolutely. You stole well, my goddamn car with the car seats in it and shit? Like, this kid's just over here, you know, doing kabuki theater. I don't give a fuck about that. Yeah, I mean, Maude stole a police motorcycle. Like, that's... that's Yeah, dude. That's hard. That's gangster. That, that's hard time, you know? Like... <laughs> well, also, that's the thing. Has Maude really been doing that for that long? Or is this part of, hey, man, this is the last week? could be. I this mean, is the first time I've watched this movie where I was struck by the... I think Maude's life is probably much more difficult than this movie plays her out. Because, again, she plays as the true north of this is the best and sunniest version of a person, right? right? That she was not broken by what's happened to her. And look at her fucking out here, you know, every day collecting something, right? Really going for it. Right. But why is there no one there? Why is she still out there seeking a friend for this last week? It it really struck me hard this time. I mean, that's the sort of serendipitous thing that I love about movies in general. Is like, while we could sit here and speculate about what Maud's life is like outside this last week, like, yeah, the beauty of this movie is that whether like whether you believe it or not, like this sort of serendipitous event of her meeting Harold and Harold meeting her took place in the final week before she decided that, you know, she was going to go. And like, that's yeah. like the lovely farewell. When you think about it, like let's say for sake of argument that it was the serendipitous event. Like she never really, you know, let's say she was like that to begin with, but I would say meeting someone that not only needs to feel emboldened by that kind of behavior, but also needs to feel better about the life they're they're in the middle of leading. Yeah. I would say that's even more of a reason for Maude to be the way she is going into this final week of her life. So I think no matter Harold what. definitely approves of how she has chosen to be. I would say no matter and what, I think that, she was always that. That is an that. honor to her on the way out, right? Absolutely. Is that Harold looks at her and says, man, you figured it out. I feel like that has to be important to her, right? As she knows what she's doing. I mean. It's, it's just, it's... It, it's one of those movies I love everything about this movie, but it's just getting harder and harder for me as I get older. Sure. It's just get like that. And I wonder, right. When I'm watching this at 50, you know, if I fucking make it to 50, you, you will know, make it to 50. Yeah. Cthulhu willing, right. I'm allowed to live to be old, right? Like that's great. You don't, I wonder what I'll see then, right. As I start to be more and more mods age, 
unless Harold, like, I think her decision-making and the life she's leading, right? Like, I don't think that's a zany, like, oh, look, this is a fun little railroad car full of, you know, odious things and wooden vaginas and shit. Right. That is, like, a, a fun, entertaining gathering place. Sure. And I wonder how this movie keeps growing with me. Um, I don't know, man. Yeah, it struck me this time. I mean, I feel like it as you get me. older, you maybe relate more. I think as I get as I would get older, like particularly closer to Maud's age, I would definitely feel far more related to Maud. Like because when you look back right. and you see all the things you've been through, I think probably the grass is always greener starts kicking in and you're like, "Well, I'm here yeah. now. Like I survived all that and I survived in spite yeah. of all that." So who gives a shit about what cop car yeah. who gives a shit about the cop car i take who gives a shit about what car i drive like that is life like life happens and we just have to deal with it i think that's right that's really kind of like the nice thing about this movie is that it ages it ages with you and at a certain point you stop feeling like harold and feel like maude i think that's a really profound and important thing about this movie itself and that's why it endures is because the two characters are all of us they're just yeah two sides of a coin well it yeah because harold is of the world he's a part of right because right. the priest doesn't feel like a real human right the therapist they even have that great scene when he's like yeah i'm gonna marry this old lady and you know the military guy's talking with nixon over his shoulder the psychologist is talking with freud over his shoulder uh the priest who's just graphically talking about like beating cheeks with an old lady <laughs> yes. and he's like your firm supple young boy body gross <laughs> Like, you gots to beat firm young cheeks. And he has the Pope over him, right? These right. these pillars and institutions of our world. And, and the mom is always played again. She is brilliant in this movie. All the actors are brilliant in this movie, but the way the uncle talks about the military, the way the therapist is clearly not helping and getting gamed by Harold, right? Yeah. They all feel like they're not fully formed, introspective people. Right. And Harold isn't either, right? He's just kind of a child lashing out for attention. Right. Trying to repulse people away so his isolation makes sense to him. But at the end of the movie, we're left with two real humans. And I think that's why this movie is ageless, is because you can take away all the the cheeky hijinks and set pieces. It's just a perfect summary of the struggle, man. The daily fucking struggle. Yeah. And that's the line that fucking killed me, right? When they're in the car, and this is the first time I've watched this since I've had to, like, you know, deal with something like this in real life. And I, you know, there's always, I don't think Maud leaves in a place of just pure joy and bliss, right? I don't think it's as high-minded as she imagines, right? There, right? There's always, I don't think you can ever get out right. in a clean way in that, you know, and it's it's just always sad and always hard. Yeah. And you're struck by it. and <clears throat> But the line she says that just ripped my guts out is uh, when they're in the back of the ambulance and Harold just goes, but Maude, I love you. And she goes, that's great, Harold. Now go love some more. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh. Maude looks at herself like the beautiful memory she threw in the lake, man. She's just like, go love some more. Right. Like there's always someone else who needs love. Mm -hmm. Right. There's always something else you can take in and experience and love. You know, that one. That line is just the perfect, and that's the last thing she says in the movie. Like, we see her kind of looking at Harold like, there's almost a moment in, like, the gurney when she's like, man, I hope this kid is okay. Oh, right? yeah. Like, I hope this isn't, because Harold's freaking out with the nurses. 
And you get this. It's not like this peaceful, like, smile playing with her flowers. She looks torn by what she's chosen to do. And I don't know. It's just it's such an emotionally devastating. And then you drop the Cat Stevens trouble on it. Yeah. It's like one of those songs you're like, you can never hear that. And it doesn't become this cinematic, right? Like if I'm in my car, if I'm doing dishes, if that song comes on, my brain pulls back and it becomes cinematic. This is something that I think is really important to point out about them. This is the alchemy of movies is like, I am not a big Cat Stevens fan. I've never I'll been a big Cat Stevens you. fan. It's just pot over. It's just not, it's just not in me. I can tell you right now, I have cried every single time I've watched this movie when Cat Stevens starts playing. I have absolutely no idea why. But this movie, really the third character of this movie is the soundtrack. Because Cat Stevens wrote these songs for the movie. I think so. And it's absolutely beautiful. And it's absolutely perfectly timed. It's absolutely perfectly laid over within the film. And that's what makes particularly that ending one of my all-time favorite endings in a movie. Like... Again, we need to we need to get to the ending, right? You're casting a shadow on my moon, and I'm going to take my peace train far away from you. You're upsetting the Cat Stevens lover. Because I told you that I liked cats that I liked the Cat Stevens within this film, but I don't like him overall. Sorry, man, man, Alex, you did not learn anything from Maude, did you? <laughs> uh, this, yeah, it's so funny. The Cat Stevens functions very much. It, it, this movie soundtrack wise reminds me a little bit of like two other movie moments. Like it has kind of a Hills or not uh last house on the left. Right. Which is kind of this really violent torture, porny movie, right? You know, like girl running from being raped by bad guys and shit while it has this like hippy dippy Woodstock soundtrack playing. And you're like, right. That's not what I would imagine the soundtrack well, to this assault would be. Well, and it's very strange. hippies. Hip- then, hippies are always unsettling. Right. And there's a line in this brilliant movie called sing street. Right. Where he's talking to his brother, you know, because he's trying to get a girl and he's finding a love for music and his brother's kind of walking him through like musical education. And he says something, he's like, you need to, uh, you know, happy, sad, right, is a kind of sound of music. And he's like, what the fuck is happy, sad? And he hands him the cure and he's like, this is happy, sad. And what makes the cure work for those of us that are huge fans is even when we are sad and depressed, right? And like, you know, we live in that headspace sometimes when you hear the curate, you can't help but feel okay. And you know, it rises you up. So our minds meet on this kind of idea level, but you know, and that's music's great powers. You're just, you're moved, right? Like it's happy, sad. And that's what I think this film does too, right? Is Cat Stevens is that perfect blend of, it sounds so happy and, you know, kind of ephemeral, right? But, you know, there's not good stuff going on sometimes when this is happening. Right. So to close this out, right, we got to talk about the ending. And I've always had this debate, right? Because I, I think most people just see the ending and they just assume Harold jumped out of the car at the last second and he's okay. Right? And I've always took it as Harold actually killed himself in that moment. Where do you fall on this ending, Right. And we can lay out evidence if you'd like. But I'm a little intrigued because this time I noticed too, right? When a theater girl, Sunbeam or whatever, Sunlight, whatever her name is, uh, who is clearly vibing. She's like, this is the perfect perch with which to start my one lady show, right? Right. Like she was excited about finding Harold. Um, She jumped in and started her Romeo and Juliet moment, right? And so that... That felt like evidence kind of telling me, hey, man, maybe Harold and Maude are that, right? They're kind of these star-crossed lovers. 
the the thing that I was interested by this time, right, is all of Harold's other suicide, you know, shows were for the benefit of someone. Right. Who would this be benefiting, right? There's no body that would be in the car. No one's there to see the crash. You know, it, it feels different than the others to me. And I guess it could be as simple as when he drives that car. Like, the hearse is the perfect symbol for his childish mindset that he starts the movie with. Right. Maybe that's all it is, right? It's just, I will put old Harold behind me, and I will emerge and live as mod-like as I can. But I don't know. I When I saw it the first time in college, I thought Harold went down with the car. I've never thought that, ever. Right? It feel the older I get, that and, feels like a terrible ending. Granted, like, <laughs> granted, like we're all wired to want happy endings and so on and so forth. Yeah. So you don't want this kid to have actually finally succeeded in killing himself. But I can tell you that, like, for me, the message of like him killing himself is like Clerks, like Dante getting shot at the end of the day level. Right. Out. Like that's well, I th- and that is so perfect because when I saw it, I was like a first year film student, and I was like, oh, that's so artistic. Yeah. yeah, you know, ev- no one loves the suicide ending more than film students. Oh, yeah. right? No, that's like that the is way the you- most profound because like ev- <laughs> because- when we had our intro to screenwriting class, you're like, OK, half of every script we're about to read in class is going to have suicide. In it. Right. You know, that's well, like that seems like the, the most reason- dramatic, important gesture to kids that age. the reason film students love like movies that end with like their main character getting killed is because you see that and you're like, oh, sweet. So I can make an eight-minute short film and, like, I don't have to, like, explore anything. Yeah. I can just make an eight-minute short film and kill the guy at the end. Like, that's well, why it is, That's why As someone valuable. who's gone through this, right? Like, I've seen this up close. It is – it's a lot of big emotions, right? That is a powerful moment that a lot of us never want to – and, again, I'm sure everything we've said on here, I'm not trying to take light of any of that, right? Like, I've gone through this firsthand. It's really bad. And I don't know anything about – I'm not, like, a psychologist or a doctor. No. I'm just saying I knew that in film school that was coming, right? Yeah, right. Because it feels like it's a loaded thing that you can get an immediate visceral – And also, I think we were all young enough, we don't understand – Sometimes the more dramatic ending is just, oh, you have to keep going. Right. Through and I think right? that's <laughs> but seeing that's what I think is the more important and probably the thing. The yeah. reason I don't want that to be the case is because Harold moving on with his life. And I think that's a great way to put it, though. Like the hearse car is the sim- is the symbolism of him getting rid of that persona. He was like, right. The version of him that's sitting on top of the bluff playing the banjo, plucking away, walking, like walking off. That absolutely is the version of him that's been fundamentally changed by Maud. And that's the right. version of him that's going to be able to get through the rest of his life. Well, that's the version that can go on and love some more. Totally. That's that's the ending you want, right? I remember when I was young, you're like, oh, that's gritty ending. That's a powerful, gritty ending, right? Like Maud is the beginning and the end, right? There's nothing left for him. Right. And I think the further I get from it and the more immersed I've become in it, you're like, no, man, that's not the entire the entire point of the movie is there's always more love to be given. Right. Right. And I think Harold strutting out again, he's kind of dressed differently. He's not in his suit. Oh, it's, you know, he's his got shirt's untucked. Thing. Yeah, he looks a little biggest like, hey, thing, man, I'm, biggest I'm ready clue to get hippy-dippy. that he's moved on and changed his ways is that his shirt is untucked. He's completely unkempt. Yeah. That's a big deal. 
and that that's the thing right is i think that's the lovely part about this ending because this was what there's also that really strange freeze frame okay right? yeah the car ramps the cliff and it it freezes in midair for what feels like three to five seconds we still hear like an engine like right. and then falls and crashes and i you know i was trying what is that supposed to symbolize why because again there's no reason to just add that why would you just add that if that doesn't have a narrative value and for me when i was younger that was the you know moment for him to be like what have i done it's over right like i'm going to die right now it's i don't know if that's it either that that moment I think it's easy to explain away if you think Harold's in the car. Sure. When he's not, that's a really strange well, I mean, I think addition when he's, to the film. I think when he's not. I think if you look at it from, let's say, the happy... I would. I don't think he is, right? Like, no. And even if I'm wrong, I want the ending where Harold is going to love some more. Me too. I think but that's... why do that freeze frame? I feel like maybe that is Hal Ashby asking us... Within those, like, let's say, I think it's like maybe a five second freeze. I don't really remember how long. I it mean, is. it might be like a second. It feels long, it's, though. It feels it feels important. like it's eons, honestly. Yeah. But like, and because I remember the first time I watched it, I was like, "Wait a second. And that's before we know that he's not in the car. If right. It's your first well, time watching. The first time I watched it, I remember thinking it was a glitch on the DVD. I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> right. <laughs> I, and I mean, right. like, I was like, "This can't be a technique. Like, that's weird." Like, and granted, like freeze frames were a thing in the seventies, like especially around this time of like filmmaking freeze frames were a popular uh, way to make movies. I feel like it's almost this, this bit is almost Hal Ashby asking us like, well, what do you think? Like that honestly is to me, like the bet, the biggest thing is like Hal Ashby's asking the audience, the question go with me on this. Do you think it could be, maybe that's Hal Ashby saying, what's your Hearst? Oh yeah. What do you need to fucking drive off a cliff so that you can move on? Like, sure. That's our moment to freeze and put our baggage in that car and send it over. I could so that we can all go on more. Modeling. I could go along with that. That, that. Maybe that's what we're supposed to do with that freeze. Frame. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I don't. I just. I'm always struck by. And again, this is Harold and Maude so fundamentally changed me as a movie lover. Right. Right. And again, that's why I say. Sadly, this movie exists in the same universe as Highlander, so it can't be the best film ever. But if, if by some fucking horrible twist of a cruel god, I was never able to see Highlander, I think this would be my favorite movie of all time. And that, I'm not trying to just say that, you know, as like hyperbole. I actually, I get so much out of this movie every time I watch it. It changes with me, but it never loses impact, right? I think it's, and this is, again... To me, that's and we talked about this a little bit, right? Lately, like since the "what is cinema" thing, right? And if you don't know it, right, it's hard to pin down in words, but you know it when you watch it, and that's this movie to me. Totally, I fucking love any movie that takes me to. I mean, this is is deep a look at what it is to just be alive and human and being a part of this fucking crazy thing we can't figure out. And it has these fun extra layers, right? And I think that's always some... Like, it's so fundamentally changed me in how I enjoy movies. I love movies that tell this kind of a human story, but have that layer of absurdity that make it also 
fun and not just like a Terrence Malick flick where you're just like, right. I mean, I think that's, I (laughs) that's the real value of the movie in general is that it doesn't bog itself down in the moroseness, in the moroseness of the subject matter itself. Cause if you took out all the whimsy and all sort of the spectacle and hijinks, you have a pretty depressing movie, which is literally an eight, an 18 year old kid with suicidal thoughts and tendencies meets an 80 year old woman and like, falls in love with her that's kind of sad when you think about and it. also might not be 18 we might be a like this movie is really dark yeah without the you know oh harold's so creative and oh mod stealing cars right. and you know without the hijinks stealing without police, like the fun, it becomes natural born killers right without the frivolity <laughs> of mod's life right. itself like this movie becomes rapidly depressing yeah so thank I mean, god and that's like even the the you know, the tattoo from the concentration camp. Yeah. That's just like a quick push in. Right. Yeah. And she mentions one line like that was before. Mm-hmm. And we see how profound or goddamn, If someone was playing a drinking game and drinking every time one of us said profound this episode, I was going to say it would be dead profound or profundity. I think they I said it dead. at least 15 times. Yeah. But that's what this movie that's, is. That's us. We're reaching. We're trying to elevate ourselves. We're <laughs> profoundly changed by this. movie. Yeah. Oh, man. Beautiful. Yeah. No. We would be we would be in the car, right? We'd be in the car over the cliff. Like we'd be like we drank we drank too much. You know what? I can't hear the p word. I'm anymore. actually gonna put the word profound in that car during the freeze frame, and that's what we'll go over. Yeah, the cliff. that's that's something we need to put in the car so that we can go on and leave a better mod like existence. Yes. Uh, yeah. So if you're drinking to that, I'm I'm fucking sorry for your liver, man. It needs to be transplanted like that goddamn tree. But yeah, I mean, I just I am just amazed at the immense beauty of this film it is right? it is love the actors are fucking stellar the comedy is sharp but never takes away from the importance of what's happening and uh ruth gordon and bud court are just i mean it's it's the unbelievable role of a lifetime moment yeah, for both of them totally uh i don't know i mean it, it never loses to me i talked we talked about this before on letterbox right People always give me shit whenever I rate stuff. And they're like, what? Well, and I was like that the fifth star is always the magic star. And Harold and Maude is one of those movies. If I could give it like a seven out of five, I would. Right, right? Right. There's so much magic in all of the pieces blending together this way. It's it's just a stunning movie. And truly, if not for Highlander setting that there can only be one standard of greatest film of all time, this would be my favorite movie of all time. It really would. That makes sense. Uh I hope you guys loved Harold and Maude as much as us. Hit us up. Uh, you know, tell us what you think the ending is, man. Tell us all these other things. What was Maude's life like before? How many followers would they have on Instagram and TikTok as a couple? Tell us. Uh, please, if you love the show, uh, give us a rating and review, especially on Apple Podcasts. Do the same for our other podcast, The Longbox Sessions. You can find us on YouTube at The Nerd Alchemist. We're starting to roll out. Some additional content, some, uh, you know, not just podcast episodes, but some other stuff. So find us there. Make sure to subscribe. Share us on your socials, all that good stuff. We will be back next week for which one do you want to do, Alex? Next week we should do. Uh, let's get it out of the way. Birth. Birth. We're just going hard. <laughs> we're going. Hard. We're going hard, old and young. That's what we're doing. Yeah, that's a whole ordeal. Just Google the movie Birth and you'll know you're in for something fun, yeah. right? The month of Amour knows no boundaries. <laughs> All right. For the film Alchemist, I'm Josh Griffey. I'm Alex Dandino. Go love some more, guys. Go now! <laughs>